welcome along to this service of thanksgiving for the late Rachel Ann Martin. We do give thanks to God for her life, and we want to bring help and comfort to the family here in their time of need. On behalf of the session committee and members of the church, I want to express sympathy to the family here. Um, I have already done that at the graveside, but I know that there'll be family members watching online, so um, I once again would express sympathy to Tom and to Jonathan here, and we are praying for you in your time of loss. And then to George and to his wife, Emma, in Australia, and to Rosemary and Richard, uh, and to Frida, and we are praying for you and will continue to pray that God will give you his sustaining grace in the days to come. We thank you again for coming. Your attendance is much appreciated for by the family here. And can I thank all who sent messages or cards or who telephoned or who called the family in any way. And we do thank you for your attendance here. And the large attendance is tribute to the esteem that Rachel was held in. Can I also thank the staff of the Ulster Hospital for all their care and attention for Rachel and to the family uh, to, who also showed great care for and love for Rachel in the last days of her life. And we do appreciate all the efforts that were made. The hymns that are on your hymn sheet today were picked by Rachel. They're really a testimony. They were found in a little notebook that Rachel had by her bedside. And so really, these are Rachel's own testimony today. And we're going to sing that first hymn on the hymn sheet, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his Spirit washed in his blood. We'll stand as we sing the words of the hymn.
can be seated, please. The wonderful thing that Rachel could say in the last days of her life, this is my story, this is my song, and now she's praising her Saviour all the day long, and we rejoice in God's mercy to her hearts. We're very glad to have the Reverend Joey Dunlop with us today. He's the minister of Loch Brickland Reformed Presbyterian Church, and he is Rosemary Richards' minister, and we're going to ask him to come and to open our meeting in prayer. Let's come to the throne of grace together. Let us pray. Our blessed and our eternal God, we come, Father, mindful that you are the God of all the earth, that you are the Ancient of Days, the eternal God. And Father, we then come before the one before whom we will all stand. And so, Father, we come mindful, mindful that you are a God who has, even in these last several days, demonstrated that you are a God, ancient, eternal as you are, and also the guide of your people, even unto death. Father, how we thank and we praise you that Rachel has reposed in that blessed assurance in the Lord Jesus Christ. How we thank and we praise you that her shepherd led her even through the valley of the shadow of death. And Lord, we do thank and we praise you as well that her testimony to Jesus Christ was clear. We thank you that she was reposing in the Lord Jesus Christ in his embrace and that those around her time and again were informed of her faith. And Father, now we thank you that she now joins the souls of just men made perfect. We thank you, Father, that now she beholds the Savior, not through a glass dimly as she has on the earth, but now she sees him in his loveliness and his beauty, in his glory and his excellency in ways she never knew before. But, oh, Father, we do remember in this time that as Rachel now enjoys the blessings that belong to those who rest in the Lord, that we remember her family. And so, Father, we pray for Tom and for George. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would draw near to them especially. Uh, Lord, we ask that you be with Jonathan as well and Rosemary and Freda, that, that in your mercies and in your kindnesses, um, they would all know, they would know the, the special presence and comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ in this time. Lord, for Tom and for Jonathan especially, we pray. Uh, Lord, as they mourn the loss of a wife and of a mother, Lord, we ask that you would draw near to them. Father, we pray that for those who are gathered here this day, Lord, that they would have their gaze fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ under the preaching of his word. And Lord, we ask in earnest that if there are souls in our assembly, even this, this morning, who are not united to Christ, who do not know the Christ whom Rachel reposed in, Father, we pray that you would draw them to Christ even this day. Make today a day of salvation to their souls. And so, Father, be with us, we ask. Grant us your grace as we continue. And we ask, Father, that all things would be done for the glory of our great and our triune God. For we ask all in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. I'd like to thank the Reverend Dunlop for opening in prayer for us. I just want to bring some scriptures again to our uh, attention. 
that bring comfort and help to our hearts in our time of need. First of all, it is the Psalm 46, and just reading from the verse 1 of the 46th Psalm, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. And then a couple of passages from the New Testament. First of all, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and beginning our reading at verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or go before those which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And then just one more passage from the uh, book of Revelation and the chapter 21 and beginning at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things 
are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to these readings from his own precious and infallible word to our hearts for his name's sake. Um, We do thank you again for coming, and could I just say that after the meeting here this afternoon, uh, there will be a cup of tea uh, supplied down in the War Memorial Hall, down on uh, John Street there, and you just make your way just down um, the road, just down towards uh, into Crossgar, and the first there on the left, and sort of go to the end on the right, that's John Street, and you will see the War Memorial Hall um, just before you get to the square there. Or you can go on down, you can go the second left, and you can uh, go into the square, and you'll probably see the War Memorial Hall, or just follow the crowd uh, as they're going. But there will be a cup of tea, and you can meet the family there, so don't be going away, uh, but do make your way down to the War Memorial Hall, uh, please. Now, I'm just going to read another portion of Scripture before we come to God's Word, and it's the uh, Isaiah 43, and I'm just going to read from the first verses of that chapter. Isaiah 43, and beginning to read at verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Saviour. I give Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, Thou hast been honourable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name... For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer before we come to God's word. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we come to thee and we are glad that we're able to meet around the precious word of God. We thank thee for the promises of God that are yea and amen. We're glad, our God, that we're able to trust in thee. We thank thee for the redemption that was purchased there on the center cross of Calvary. And Lord, we thank thee 
that we were able to read these words to Rachel uh, that she should not fear. And we're glad that God comes today with a word that says, fear not. Lord, we thank Thee that those that trust in Thee, we don't need to fear. We thank Thee that when we're resting in our Savior, we don't need to fear. And our Father, we pray that Thou wouldst deal with every fear and anxiety. And Lord, the turmoil that's in the hearts, particularly of the close loved ones. We think of Tom and Jonathan here. We think of uh, uh, Frida and Rosemary. We think of George in Australia. And our Father, we pray that thy hand of blessing would be upon them. And Lord, that thou wouldst enable them uh, to look to thee and trust in thee for thy grace and mercy. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. We are come today to give thanks to God for the life of Rachel Ann Martin. Rachel was the youngest daughter of the late George and Frida Hutton. She was born the 31st of March 1956, and she just got to celebrate her 67th birthday a few, a few days ago. She was born in the manse of White Abbey Free Presbyterian Church when her father was the minister there at that time. And then she was brought up in this church here, uh, brought up through the Sunday school, the different meetings, and she had the privilege of being brought up in a very godly home. And we thank God for a godly home where the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted. But even though you have parents like George and Frida were, uh, or Mrs. Hutton as I always knew her, but uh, even though you have godly parents like that, it doesn't guarantee your salvation. And of course, Rachel plowed her own furrow for many years. I cannot count the number of times that I was in prayer meetings where Rachel was prayed for at different times. But, and sometimes perhaps her faith was lacking, but we shouldn't have lacked in faith because the Lord did answer prayer in his own time and in his own purpose. Now, Rachel grew up and she went into employment first in Agnews, and then for 39 years she was a bookkeeper, and latterly the head bookkeeper, in Beggs and Co. She worked there up until recently. She was still in their employment when she went into hospital, uh, and she said that uh, she wasn't going to give up because she would go mad if she had to stay at home. She was married to Tom, and uh, she had her son Jonathan, whom she loved, deeply. And one thing that I kept hearing about Rachel and what I came to know of her in the uh, times that I met her, uh, that she was a very outgoing and friendly type of person. And I think that the number of folks that are here today is testimony to that fact. She had many friends and many people that she spent time with. On the 5th of January this year, she uh, went into hospital. She'd been suffering a little bit uh, or a good bit, really, beforehand. Uh, she was suffering pain, but she wanted to get Christmas over, and she didn't want to be in hospital over Christmas time. But she went into hospital on the 5th of January, and there was much prayer that went up for Rachel and many of our prayer meetings here, and I'm uh, pretty sure in prayer meetings across the land, there was much prayer that went up for Rachel, and it was a wonderful thing 
in the hearing of the news that prayer had been answered in the fact that Rachel in the hospital had come to put her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. And what a difference that makes to such occasion as this. Rachel sought the Lord, and in her last days, she expressed the desire that she could have lived longer so that more people would know that she had become a Christian and that she knew the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. Just lately, she was looking forward to getting to White Rocks, to Frida's home, uh, where Frida was going to look after her. Uh, but that was not to be. And Rachel had come, in, in, because she'd been changed by the grace of God, to leave things in the hands of God. She was content to leave things in the hand of her Savior. And as I thought about the service today, my thought came to this portion of Scripture. And as I was looking at it for a few minutes, I realized that this actually was the last passage of Scripture that I read to, to Rachel in the hospital. And that, that seemed to confirm that this was the message for today. And the Lord says in this passage of Scripture, on a number of occasions, fear not. Fear not. And that's what I wanted to bring to Rachel in, in the days to come, and the fact that she was going to leave her loved ones behind. George Truett was a minister in Dallas, a Baptist minister, and one time he was um, invited to speak at a prestigious university. And so George Truett sent and asked if the students in the college would suggest a subject that he could speak upon. And the message came back from the students, from the young people. The thing that we really want you to speak upon is the subject of fear. And you know, there are many people who are filled with fear today. Maybe the family are fearful of what the days ahead will hold. You're fearful of the fact that you're going to miss your mom or your wife or your sister. You're going to miss your friend, your loved one. You're fearful. Maybe as we are in a place like this today, you are fearful of death. You don't know what is around the corner. But I want you to direct you to the God who is able to deal with fear. It says in verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and thee, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. And that's what I was saying to Rachel there in the hospital. You don't need a fear if you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And so for our comfort today, I just thought that we would think upon this portion of Scripture and I hope that at the end of it, that the Lord will be able, or will they, the Lord is able, but the Lord will deal with your fears. And there are just some things in this passage of Scripture that I want you to see. First of all, notice the pathway that we follow. Look at verses 2 and 3 of Isaiah 43. He says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And the Lord here was coming to his people, particularly to Israel, but to his people. And he was bringing a gracious promise of redemption. And you'll notice that he speaks here to these people 
in order to deal with their fears. But he's dealing with their fears in the context of the pathway that they follow. And you notice that there's a pathway of prevailing trials. He says, when thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And you'll notice that there's a reference there to the fires, to the waters, to the floods, and to all of these trials, these difficulties that come into life. And it reminds us all that this life which we live in is a life that is full of trials and full of difficulties. And like the rest of us, for Rachel, life was not all easy. There were all types of trials and difficulties that you have. There were struggles. There were losses. There were illnesses. We think of her loss of her brother Hugh, her mum and her dad in, in, in different occasions. And we think of this last struggle that she had with the awful disease of cancer. And when you went in to talk to Rachel, you could see the spasms of pain. The last day I was in with her, uh, she wasn't uh, taking her morphine because she had come off. I can't remember why she'd come off it. But she came off it that day and she said she was only taking it. But you could see the spasms of pain that she was going through. And we think of the trials and the difficulties But the Lord says here, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. When thou walkest through the fire. And sometimes, you know, we live in a life and we recognize the trials and the difficulties. And why do they come? Really, they come because of sin, because of the curse. And quite frankly, sometimes we get into trials and difficulties because of our own sin because of the fact that we do not obey the law of God and we trample under feet the law of God and we don't follow what God has laid down in his word and we get into our own difficulties. But sometimes we just, there are just difficulties. We live a life that is blighted by sin on every hand. The Lord said, in this world ye shall have tribulation. And sometimes when things happen, When sickness comes and we're blighted, we wonder what God is doing. And yet we recognize that sin has brought the sorrow that we have. Either individually in your own life or collectively as a people, sin is the thing that brings damage into your life. And that's why the Lord comes and sent his Son to deal with the awful problem of sin. But not only do we see here this pathway of prevailing trials, but it's a pathway of passing time. Because he says, when thou passest through the waters, when thou walkest through the fire, and we walk through, we pass through this life, we will pass through the trials, we pass through the difficulties, we walk through. There's a phrase in the Bible that's very descriptive But it's very true. It says it came to pass. And in our lives, things come to pass. we, We have the experiences of our life, but they pass by. And that reminds us of the brevity of life. We pass through. Rachel passed through. 
And she's gone now out of this scene of time. And she's gone to be with the Lord. And what an experience she will have or has having. But the Bible says, so teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. And my, what a, a wonderful thing it is that as we pass through this life that we could look to the Lord and you will have your different memories today and we thank God that Rachel passed through this life and you will thank God for your memories of Rachel. You'll remember her as a, a, a neighbor, a workmate, a sister, a wife, a mother. You'll remember all of those things. And we rejoice in the memories that we have. And those memories are never going to be taken away from you. You will still have those memories. But remember that things come to pass. We have to remember the frailty and the brevity of life. And so we can see here the pathway that we follow. But secondly, I want you to see the provision that we have. The Lord says that when we pass through this world of trials and difficulties that causes all the anxieties and the fears that we have, look at what he says in verse 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And the Lord is able to take the fear out of the hearts of his people. And why is that? Well, the basis is the basis of redemption. He says, fear not. I have redeemed thee. Redemption speaks of the great price that the Lord Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary for our souls. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, For as much as ye know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, Thank God for those who are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. I'm glad that Rachel was redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. In our sin, the Bible speaks of how we are in the snare of the devil, that we're taken captive by him at his will. But the Lord Jesus Christ came to break the chains of sin. He came to break the power of cancelled sin. To set the prisoner free, his blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. And there, 2,000 years ago, on that cross of Calvary, our Savior bled and died and took our sins, poured out upon him. The wrath of God that was our due was poured upon him there on the cross and he redeemed his people by his wonderful grace and those that will receive him. He says to them, gave he the power to become the sons of God. He redeems us, but he not only redeems us, he receives us. He receives those that will come by faith and trust him as their savior. He says, fear not, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When it says, that we're called by his name, it, 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 it intimates and implies that intimate knowledge. He knows us. The Lord knows us all. He knows all about us. But he, does he know, can he say of you, you're mine? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? 
We read that psalm at the graveyard. Rachel could say in the last few weeks, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can you say that he's received me? That I am his and he is mine forever and forever. You'll notice the way that the Lord puts it here. He uses the two names of Jacob, Jacob and Israel. Jacob just means supplanter, deceiver. But Israel means prince with God. And that's what happened. He was changed. When he met God, God changed him. He, be, he was changed from an old deceiver to a prince with God. And God changed it, uh, uh, Rachel. Well, what a transformation there was in her desires over the last number of weeks of her life. And she was made a citizen of heaven. She was saved by the grace of God. She was made a saint of God. She was redeemed a citizen of heaven. Oh, what a wonderful thing. The Lord says, thou art mine. He said that of Rachel. Thou art mine. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, he says. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. There is God's guarantee. If we come to him, he'll not cast us out. He draws us with the cords of love. He brings us to himself. There's redemption. There is reception. And then there is relief. He says, when thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. Yea, though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Rachel passed through that shadow on Tuesday. It was sudden in the end. We weren't expecting it in any way, but she passed through that place and the Lord that she trusted was with her. Every step of the way, he was with her. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When you have no friend, he's a friend. When you have, when your father or mother, the Bible says, forsake you, then the Lord will take you up and he will be a father to the fatherless and he'll be a husband to the widower he will, or a, and he will, be, uh, he will be one who will meet us at the very point of our need today. There is a friend and I direct you to my friend. As Solomon said, this is my beloved and this is my friend, and he became Rachel's friend, and he can be your friend too. But one more thing I want you to see in this passage of Scripture, and that's the promise we receive. He says in verses 5 to 7, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I formed him, yea, I have made him. And God reminds us that there's a bright future for every child of God. He gathers his people. He gathers them. He gathers them in this life. He gathered Rachel to himself. Oh, long did Rachel run. Long did Rachel resist him. 
Her mother prayed for her. Her father prayed for her. Her sisters prayed for her. And I remember talking to her the first time in the hospital, and she said, well, I have my own thoughts about religion. And maybe you're like that. You have your own thoughts about religion, your own thoughts. But as I said to her, doesn't matter what your thoughts are. It's what God says in his word that really makes the difference. But God answered those prayers. He gathered Rachel to himself. And in a fuller way, he gathered, he, uh, uh, gathered her to himself there on Tuesday because her soul ascended into the very presence of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And Rachel was gathered to the Lord, her soul. One day, as we said at the graveside, that grave will open, and she will be gathered to her Lord, body and soul. And for her to depart was to be with Christ, which is far better. The pain that we read about in Revelation is gone. The sorrow is gone. The anxieties, they're gone. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for her. But I know that it was her prayer that her family also would be gathered. He says here, bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. Oh, at this funeral service, may the Lord gather you to himself. But not only is there gathering, but there is glory. He says here that he will, uh, I created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him, and the saved are heaven-bound. What glory there is in heaven, we don't know. We can't tell you the full extent of the glories of heaven because we can't describe what it's like. The Bible gives us some idea, but you know they the, the Bible holds many things about heaven in a mystery. I'll tell you why that is, because we could not understand or take in what heaven's like. And to think that we will be changed in the way that we are and brought into that place of heavenly bliss, to be in that place of bliss for all eternity, probably in our old condition that we're in at the moment, we couldn't hold on to that. But the Lord changes us, brings us to himself. And my, what it will glory it will be for me when at his feet, his dear face I shall see. That will be glory, be glory for me. And I hope that, like Rachel, it will be glory for you. May God write his word upon our hearts for his name's sake. We'll just sing the last hymn there on the order of service.
And you remember that this is picked by Rachel, and you look at the words, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. But mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. We'll stand to sing the words of the hymn. standing. There's no coffin, of course, to take out of the church, but I'll go to the back if you, uh, in these COVID days, some people are still not uh, very keen on shaking hands, and I have a cold too, so I warn you about that. So I'll be there. You can pass by me if you don't want to shake hands with me, Uh, but 
Could I say just let the family, as, as in the normal way in a funeral, the family will go from the front out first, and if we could do that as well, please. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we do thank Thee for this day, and it's a sad day. Lord, it's a poignant day for the loved ones. But Lord, we thank Thee for the hope of the gospel. We're glad that we have a Savior who has done that mighty redemption work on the cross of Calvary. We're glad that nothing needs to be done, that all we do is put our faith and trust in our blessed Redeemer, and we thank Thee that we can be saved for all eternity. Bless Thy Word and be with us now. Uh, we pray that Thou wouldst take our thanks for the good things that have been provided down in the War Memorial Hall. We pray that we might eat and drink to Thy glory and be with each one. Comfort the hearts. Remember Tom and Jonathan in particular. Remember George in Australia and Emma. We remember Rosemary and Richard. And we remember Frida. And we remember the nieces and nephews here today. And for all of the close family circle, we pray that in the incoming days, they might know that underneath and all around are the everlasting arms. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen.